0: Friends, our gospel reading today uh, is another one of the gospel passages that comes on Easter Day uh, after the resurrection, after the disciples have gone to the empty tomb. It comes at a time when the disciples are fearful. Last week, we read an account from Luke's gospel uh, about Jesus' encounter Uh, on the road to Emmaus uh, with some of his disciples. Today we're reading about a different encounter. We call, uh, biblical scholars call all of these the post-resurrection appearance. And in Luke's gospel and in John's gospel, um, they're hardly featured. The, The story of Jesus's life and death and resurrection doesn't end on Easter morning. And uh, the gospel writers want us to know that Jesus continues to be with us. The reading today from John's gospel in the 21st chapter uh, begins uh, with a, um, I feel like I need to comment on it before we begin it, because it begins with this. Phrase that the disciples were locked in the room for fear of the Jews. And of course, you will remember in the first century, Jesus and all of his disciples were Jews. But by the time the gospel was written uh, decades later, that term, the Jews, in uh, John's gospel came to mean those who didn't accept Jesus as the Messiah. I think, sadly, horrifically, passages like this that reference the jews in christian scripture are have been used to justify anti-semitism and that is a gross and corrupt and evil use of the christian scripture in john's gospel and in all of the gospels when they refer to the jews they are referring to those uh, that were not uh, believers in jesus as the messiah and uh so the disciples in this passage, it begins, they are in uh, a room. They are behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, it says. You remember, of course, that Jesus had just been crucified, and the disciples were wondering if they were next. Here are the words from the gospel. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he breathed on them Unless I see the mark of the nails on his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hands in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples again were in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Signs in the presence of His disciples, while, which were not written in this book. But these are written so that you might come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that those and that through believing in him, you may have life in His name. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It is a remarkable passage. It is a passage that three times Jesus blesses his disciples with this admonition, this blessing of peace be with you. If you were to read back in John's Gospel, we rarely read the Gospels all in in one stretch, but you would know that in the farewell discourse, the night before Jesus was crucified, when he was having supper with his disciples He gives them this long blessing of my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give as the world gives. And then when he meets his disciples, the very first thing he says to them is my peace I give to you. The disciples, as the passage tells us, were gathered in a room in fear. They had locked the doors They had sealed themselves off from the world. Gosh, this passage has new meaning for us right now. And they had uh, secured themselves against the world. Now, I always feel bad for Thomas. We, you know, he's the only disciple who has been kind of given a moniker, doubting Thomas throughout all the centuries, as if that were a bad thing. I always think Thomas is one to be commended. Because while the rest of the disciples were locked away in fear, Thomas was out and about in the world. Uh, I I kind of think of him as being a practical one, a realist, that he had said, okay, Jesus died. He's crucified. He's resurrected or his body's not there. I don't know what to do with that, but I got to make a plan. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I sort of imagine Thomas was out walking and pacing and trying to figure out what he was going to do with his life that there was a new normal, a new reality, and he needed to figure out what he was going to do with that. The rest of the disciples were locked away in a room. And while they were locked away and dealing with their fear, Jesus appears to them and charges them with the message of peace and the message of forgiveness. These are our charges, my friends. Peace and forgiveness. Jesus meets them in their fear and offers them what they need, which is a peace that allows them to go on with their lives, that reminds them of the ministry to which they are called, regardless of what is going on. Um, Old Testament scholar Brueggemann says that fear in people usually falls in two different categories. Fear that what we know and trust is crumbling. And so we need to protect ourselves against all manner of change and uh, uh, corruption and whatever is going on that, that we need to protect ourselves. And fear that what I had hoped and believed for will never come to be. And it seems that the disciples are are living with both of these kinds of fears in this passage. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus comes to both of them. He speaks both to the fear that uh, the first set of disciples in the upper room were we're dealing with. he, He speaks to their fears and their doubts. And he meets them there. And he speaks to Thomas in his rationality and his need for proof and his need to kind of make a plan and figure out what's next. Both cases, he goes to the disciples and he meets them where they are at. I love at the end of the passage, Thomas is given this opportunity a week later, this is a full week later, to touch Jesus' hands, to touch his side to know for himself the resurrected Lord. And, and in doing so, I think that Thomas is resurrected too. He proclaims, my Lord and my God. I think at that moment, Thomas went from dying, dying in hopelessness, dying in fear, to being resurrected, to a new life, to a new possibility that suddenly all of this Jesus stuff that we had been following for the last three years, maybe it's true. Maybe, just maybe, it's true. Thomas is resurrected. I bet Thomas went on his life as somebody who was still rational, who still wanted proof, who still had doubts, and there is nothing wrong with doubts. Jesus doesn't chastise him for his doubts. We all have doubts, we have questions, we have fears. We live in a time of tremendous uncertainty, uncertainty like none of us have ever faced in our lifetime. Our country seems very shaky right now. Our health seems very fearful. We look around and we, we hear of these rising death counts, and we we hear of the struggles that people are facing economically, and it seems all very hopeless. And I think of Jesus coming to each. One of those fears, fears of of hopes crumbling and fears of our worldview crumbling, fears that we need to protect ourselves from everybody and everything. And Jesus comes in and speaks peace. My peace I give to you. (laughs) Of course, I love in this passage, particularly in this time and place, Jesus breathes on them. It's a lovely, lovely image. Again, it's a resurrection image. You remember way back in Genesis that when God creates, God breathes life into Adam and Eve. That ruach, that's the Hebrew word for breath. The ruach, the breath of God that literally inspires, breathes life into creation. And I think that, that that image of Jesus breathing onto the disciples as heretical as that sounds right now, and we should all be wearing face masks, Jesus is offering them new life. He's breathing into them the new life of the gospel, a gospel that is not stopped by our fears, a gospel that is not corrupted by our doubts, a gospel that is not dissuaded by even death, that ours is a gospel that breathes life, That breathes peace, that breathes hope, that takes us beyond our locked doors and calls us into life. The disciples had to figure out what was new life for them. What difference did the gospel make in the midst of their lives, in the world? In uh, John's gospel and John's community, this is uh, the Pentecost moment when the Holy Spirit is breathed on the disciples for. Uh, the Luke community that happens in uh, the Pentecost today, 50 days after Easter. So we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But in this passage, in John's gospel, it was this moment of breathing life into the locked doors of fear and doubt in which Jesus resurrects his people, comes to be present alongside of them, invites them to touch, to feel, to feel the breath to know that God is with them and that they too have been resurrected. These resurrection, these post-resurrection appearances of Jesus are designed uh, to give courage to the church. Here we are, a church 2,000 years after the life and death and resurrection of Christ. And we draw on these passages as a reminder that Christ is always with us, that Christ is with us in our hopes and in our fears and our doubts and in our insecurities, that Christ comes into even our locked doors, even our scariest places, even our worst fears. Christ comes in and breathes peace. And so today my My gift and my hope for all of us is that we would know the peace of Christ, even as we live in unusual, fearful times, even as we struggle to figure out what is our new normal. What we need to know, what we need to feel is the breath of Christ breathing in us, giving us peace, assuring us of his presence even as we go forward into the uncertainty. Let us pray. Gracious God, you come to us always. You come to us in our fears. You come to us in our quarantines. You come to us when we don't know what is next, when we wrestle with the reality of death in our lives. You come and you breathe into us. You breathe into us a word of peace. A word of hope and a word of resurrection may we exclaim with thomas my lord and my god you are with us for this and for all things we give you thanks amen